And welcome to another episode of The Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. We have U.S. Open fever right now. We're kind of closing in just a few weeks away from the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills, which last hosted the U.S. Open in 2004, before that, 1995. Looking forward to getting back to one of the United States' best courses and someone who knows it pretty well and just played it recently. John Steinbrader is coming on to join join us and uh, tell us a little bit about the course. And now we welcome on to the postcast on John Steinbrader. Steiny, thanks for joining us again this week. Always fun to be with you too. All right, let's waste no time here and talk about Shinnecock Hills. How was the golf course playing on Monday when you visited? We want to know every detail possible since that is the next major championship up on the schedule. <laughs> well, there's really not a more beautiful uh, uh, setting in golf. I mean, it's right up there. It's It doesn't have the dramatic seaside that... Um, you know the pebble beach does for example but man it's you've got the atlantic ocean is not too far off in one direction peconic bay is not too far off in another direction uh it's a beautiful uh golf course with a lot of fescue that's browning out nicely even this early in the season a lot of rolling hills a lot of character to the uh, land and it's just iconic with the stanford white clubhouse with the uh, past u.s opens this will be their fifth u.s open and it's just an absolutely gorgeous setting, and it was a beautiful day. I was there yesterday for the entire day. The day was gorgeous, perfect weather, and it's uh, it's a hell of a it's a hell of a venue for a U.S. Open any championship, and it's uh, should be a lot of fun. I really can't wait. I don't know that I've been this excited to watch a U.S. Open uh, on television, and I won't be on TV. I will not be out there, but I I don't know when I've been that excited to watch one on TV in a while. We know they had some issues back in '04 with uh, with some of the setup problems, uh, in, in particular that uh, par three seventh that became pretty much impossible because of how firm the firm the green was. I know that they probably didn't have have it set up anywhere near that for for Monday, but do you get the sense that they're going to try to maybe uh, avoid such issues this time around? Oh, very much so. I think that was. Um... It was disastrous for the club and the USGA and, and for the relations between the club and the USGA when that transpired last year. I don't think the story, uh, the full forensics have been done on the actual story yet. I think there's still lots of um, uh, lots of issues and sub-issues that we've never covered as to what happened and why. But it's certainly on the forefront. Mike Davis addressed us yesterday. There was a, a media event out there, and, and he just brought it up in the press conference, ascribed a lot of it to just a lack of communication um, and a lack of water on the green. Uh, you know, you can debate and argue whether those were um, those exactly were the only uh, causes for the concern there, but uh, what you cannot debate is they're obviously aware of it. Uh, they're they're playing very very close attention as they will throughout the tournament, and uh, I think you can be pretty comfortable with something like that not happening again because mm -hmm. I, I think they're on it in in a big way. So um, there seems to be an enormous amount of energy. You know they've already re-upped to do Shinnecock again in 2026. So whatever bad vibes and bad feelings that were left over from row four, I think have dissipated. Uh, I know they've dissipated, and I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and. Uh, you know, the course looked just fantastic, and I think they'll do anything and everything they can to avoid coming even close to something like that happening again. 
Steiny, my next question is simple, but might be on every player's and viewer's mind. Um, what is the one hole at Chinnacock that is going to define this championship? Well, you know that's it, that's it's hard to it's hard to say because it you know there's so many great golf holes. I mean, you know, uh, I mean number number seven, the Rodan hole, where all that problems was. I think people are going to be looking at that just uh, you know just because they want to. They want to see sort of what's what's going on there, what's happening this year. So that'll be one for sure. Uh, nine and eighteen, you know, both uphill par fours um, towards the iconic clubhouse are great golf holes. Uh, they are famous golf holes, or famous, uh, you know, eighteen a great finishing hole. I think those, of course, people are going to be watching are both those uh, uh, those holes as well. Uh, number ten is a very difficult. Uh, par four, you know, not so difficult. The open tees, we're going to play about 415. So not so crazy difficult for the um, the pros uh, relative to what it is for the members. But that's going to be a hole to watch. I think the, the 16th, one of only two par uh, fives in the entire golf course and the only one in the back uh, nine, you know, that's playing at over 615 yards from the U.S. open tees. And, um, you know, that's going to be interesting to see that that U.S. Open Tee is, uh, I think it's about 70 yards back of where the regular back tees are there. So they've really stretched that out, um, and it's going to be hard for people to get there in two, and it'll be a hell of a golf hole to watch. And again, coming towards the end that it is at, at number 16, I think, you know, 16, 17 is a par three, Eden-style hole, about 180 yards, and then and then the um, – Par four, 18th coming up the hill uh, will be really good finishing holes. And I think that's where a lot of attention will be drawn. And as we're talking about it, it's just important to note that when um, William Flynn, the architect, originally revamped Shinnecock, started in 29, finished in 1931, uh, you know, they reversed the nine. So what he had done then, uh, the first hole today was a 10th hole then. Number 10 uh, was obviously the first hole. So uh, those nines were switched uh, about 10 years after Flynn's redesign in 1931. So that's kind of interesting to note that the ninth hole is a par four that finishes right underneath the uh, porch and right by the clubhouse, and 18 is just a little farther below that. Hmm. Steiny, we've seen recent U.S. Opens uh, like Pinehurst, Chambers Bay, Aaron Hills, not really your traditional U.S. Open setups, uh, minimal rough in some of those courses uh wider fairways in the case of aaron hills do you prefer this type of open at shinnecock where it's back to the more traditional uh you know really have to hit it in the fairway have to hit greens uh maybe uh, maybe a little bit of a sterner test than we've seen in the past few opens um you, you know i do it's it's interesting to talk with mike davis yesterday you know he he was describing that you know in shinnecock back in um in 95 and and even in 04 the fairways the the landing areas for the you know the par fours and the par fives on average the fairway width was about 26 27 yards well this year it's about 41 yards um and that is less than it was they uh they brought him in a little bit more after Aaron Hills and uh, I think they they wanted to preserve the angles when they lengthened the course a little bit more than Flynn had originally uh wanted 
but you know they also um you know didn't want them just to be these sort of narrow corridors these narrow hallways of of fairways so they're a little wide they are wider significantly wider actually than they were in the past so not quite Aaron hills wide mm-hmm. and i like that i think that's a good mix i mean i and the rough is penal but um you know they want uh, they want people to be able to um you know have some landing areas and, and to hit their shots and it's it's not going to be a wingfoot uh country club oakmont type of a situation in in terms of that really narrow with a lot of rough and and, and even oakmont they they made it pretty wide and you know a bomber like dustin johnson was able to win so i think this is going to be a golf course that mike talked about where uh, the players are going to be able to put uh, to play driver uh, on all the par fours and fives if they want to, and, and likely the vast majority of them will because there will be enough room uh, for them to land. I mean, they have to be accurate. This isn't going to be you know seventy yard fairways here, but they they still have to be accurate. But use driver, so that to me is like the perfect mix. I like that idea a lot. I really like going to that area when I want to see the tour professionals have driver in their hand and have to hit an accurate tee shot would be able to hit one out. I can't stand it when they just get up there and hit two, three irons. I'd much rather see the driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, from what you saw on Monday at Shinnecock Steiny, are there certain players that come to mind off the top of your head that are going to have the best chance of winning the U.S. Open this year? Well, I think one thing that's interesting is they've, um, you know, these greens, first of all, are kind of crowned. Uh, they're, it's not quite Piners number two, but there's more of a – you know they're, they're a little bit crowned and they've got a lot of the the areas around them are really mowed down and mowed quite um quite short so if you hit a ball that goes over the green it's not going to settle in the rough uh, you know five feet off the green it's going to roll down and you're going to be 20 yards away so for mere mortals uh like uh all of us although sean you're a much better player than i am that's for sure and i haven't and having seen your swing, Cassie, I know you are a much better player than I am too. But you know, the the shots around these greens, it's really going to be about uh, getting up and down. So, you know, a Mickelson, anybody who is Sergio, I mean, people that are really good around the greens, people that are really good with up and downs, I think are going to excel here. I mean, you have to be accurate with your drivers, that's for sure. But you're going to need to be able to get yourselves up and down because you're going to have to get up and down to, to score well there. These are going to be hard greens to hold probably. Um, they're bigger than they were. They expanded the greens, and this is something Shinnecock undertook after the 4 Open. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, to do that because like a lot of places, the greens had shrunk in size over the year just due to mowing patterns. So the greens are bigger than they were back in 4 but it doesn't make them any easier to hold. In fact, they're going to be tough to hold. So I'd look for those people that can uh, hit it accurately off the tee and, and get up and down are going to be the ones you're going to want to watch. All right, last question for you. You've, you've played a lot of golf on some of the world's best courses. Uh, a lot of people say that Shinnecock ranks pretty high up on their list of courses around the world. Uh, where do you kind of slot Shinnecock in terms of uh, some of the, the best traditional courses in the, in the U.S. and in the world? Uh, I mean, in the U.S., it's perennially ranked in the top uh, five, and I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely fair and accurate. I think it's, you know, the one of the top five, and uh, without question, one of the top ten in the country. But, you know, top five, you're not going to argue with that ranking. It's a, you know, 
it's a little tougher as a member's course. It's a little bit like Oakmont, where it'll beat you up as a member, I think, just mm. because it's, um, you know, it's a hard golf course. It's a hard golf course. So, uh, but it's one of our best in, uh, in America, and it's one of the very best in the world. And it's a great venue for the Open. It's so cool that it's coming back there. And what's great about Shinnecock, too, is let's not, let's not forget, it was uh, incorporated in 1891. So it was the first golf course incorporated, golf club incorporated in America. Um, it, it held the second U.S. Open in 1896. Uh, when it opened up, it had a 12-hole golf course for men, and it built a nine-hole uh, golf course for women. So women were members and, and, and important members of that club early on in its existence. Uh, it had the first African-American, the first Native American ever to play the U.S. Open, played at the Open in 96. Uh, there and the Native American was a guy who worked on the you know the Greens Corral out there as uh, that's sort of important and it was a founding member of the U, uh, USGA so it's not only one of the best courses in America it's one of the best clubs in America one of the most historic in America and that makes it you know even better for it uh, to be the host of this year's national championship. A lot of history, a lot of memories. Uh, Corey Pavin or Teeth Goosen come to mind should be. Uh... Should be another uh, another good moment to make another memory in 2018 at the U.S. Open. Uh, Steiny, thank you so much for your time. That was great being with you guys. Thanks so much. And that's all the time we have left on the postcast today. Let us know if you have any topics for us you'd like to discuss. Just tweet at us at Global Golf Post. Until next time, hit them straight.